0: It is Father's Day, and we do give thanks for the wonderful ways that, that God has blessed us through our fathers. Some of our fathers, like my father, have gone on to be with uh, the Lord in, in, in glory. Uh, we thank the Lord for them and for all they n- mean to us. Some of us uh, still have our fathers, and we give thanks for that. And we're excited to be able to celebrate our fathers uh, here today. My, my dad had an assortment of all kinds of tools, but, but I was most impressed with his assortment of flashlights. But my dad loved to have flashlights. He had a flashlight for every occasion. He had a flashlight for his car, and a flashlight for the hallway, and a flashlight for all the bedrooms, and a flashlight for the garage, and a flashlight for his fishing tackle box. He just had flashlights everywhere. My favorite one, uh, I, I'm sure they still have these today, but I haven't seen one in a while. They, there were those kind of square looking ones that had the big giant square battery, you know, had the two springs on the top of it and shoved that thing in there. It weighed about 20 pounds, but you'd carry it on. But well, when you turn that thing on, it just lit up the whole room. It was amazing. Although ours never did light up very much because I always was running it down, playing with it all the time. I haven't quite got up to the collection my dad had, but I did get four new flashlights this Christmas. Now, don't tell my son-in-laws that, because they only got one. Uh, My... Actually, I guess we all got two. My, my wife, uh, for all the guys in the family, she, she got us uh, flashlights. One of them, you got one of those head flashlights, you know, that you have a little strap on it, and you look kind of like a miner when you're walking around. But, but they are kind of handy, especially when you're crawling around up in the attic. I used to try to take a flashlight up with me when I'd have to do something up there, and I was forever dropping it, it'd fall down in the insulation, and I'd have to dig around and find where it went. But, now I just got it right there on my head. Now you see what I'm doing. The other one that she got is it's this little multi-purpose flashlight. If you punch the button once, the light comes out the top like a regular flashlight. Then if you punch it twice, there is this flat LED light on the side of it that comes on, lights up the whole room. But here's what you can't tell my bro- my son-in-laws. Uh, they only got one, but when she bought them, they came in packages of four. So 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 they got one. I got three. <laughs> they are super handy, I have to admit. Light's an important thing. We know how important light is when we're trying to read, when we're trying to find a way, when we're trying to drive down the road at night. We recognize how important it is to have light. That's nothing new, light has always been essential. Something that was seen as dramatically important and something that's used in the scripture many times to illustrate the power and promise of God. That's the case here in Isaiah chapter 9. Now that chapter provides one of the most familiar prophecies in the scripture. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Now, we'll take a closer look at that particular passage in a couple of weeks. But it's important to understand the context in which Isaiah is making that prophecy. It appears within a much broader prophecy that Isaiah provides about a very dark period in the life of the nation of Israel. Back up in verse 1 of chapter 9, it begins, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This morning, I want to encourage all of us to live in the light of Christ. I don't think I have to tell you that our world is a dark place. Again, that's nothing new. It always has been. Isaiah chapter 8 does not end well. The people in Judah and Israel had turned from God. They had followed after false idols. They would worshipped false gods. They'd gone so far that instead of praying to the one true God, they now were consulting with mediums. Those who claimed to be able to visit with the dead. And and they were asking them to grant their request. It was a mess in the nation. Isaiah 8 verse 22 records, Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. Then chapter 9 starts with one of those wonderful words in the Scripture. As the chapter begins, Nevertheless, Isaiah prophesies about a day when there would be no more gloom. But before we get to that, we have to understand what the darkness is. It's like going into a cave. If you didn't receive four flashlights for Christmas, and you enter into a cave, the farther into that cave you go, the darker it's going to become. I remember when I was a child, uh, we went to a cave in New Mexico, and, and they took us down on the trail, and as we got to the, the, the deepest part of the trail in that cave, the the guy that told us, okay, everybody stand still because we're going to turn out all the lights and you're going to experience complete, total darkness. And he described to us how when you're inside of a, a cave like that, uh, the light can't get down. And so when those lights are turned out, there, there literally is no way to see it. So they turned out all the lights and, and you, it really was, it was completely dark. You couldn't see your hand in, in, in front of your face. And as I was, was standing there, I felt my dad's hand come on my shoulder. At the time, I thought, well, well, how comforting. He, he's afraid of, he, that I'm scared of the dark. And so he's making sure that I, I, he, I know that he's still there. Actually, he was just making sure I didn't run off anywhere in the middle of the dark. Because he knew how dangerous that would be. You run off in the dark in a cave, there's no telling what's going to happen. You could fall off the trail. You could fall into a crevice. You, you could uh, literally be lost for the rest of your life wandering around in the darkness. And my dad didn't want that to happen to me, so he put his Hand on my shoulder. We live in a dark, dark world. Ever since Adam and Eve chose to disobey God's command in the garden, we've followed that very same path deeper and deeper into the darkness. And that darkness is profound. Everywhere you look in this world, you see darkness. Everything is tainted by the curse of sin. The Israel of Isaiah's day would have had no problem acknowledging that. They knew how dark it was. Their world was filled with enemies and evil. And the darkness around them was getting worse. The world continues down that same dark path. Just watch the evening news on any given day. The, the stories of evil always outnumber the stories of good. And that's just what makes it on the news. If you have opportunity to sit down and talk to any police officer, you will quickly learn that we don't know the half of what's going on. So what's the answer? How do we change a world like that, well, Isaiah's prophecy points us to the answer. Jesus provides the light. The news is bad, but then there's that wonderful word in Chapter 9 verse 1, nevertheless, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. The people of Israel had brought this darkness upon themselves. Through their sinfulness, through following after false gods, they had brought this horrific time themselves. And that darkness was deep. It had lasted a long time. But God tells them, as bad as it is, the darkness is temporary. The light that is coming... That light will be eternal. Now the specific darkness that Israel was finding themselves in in the time of Isaiah chapter 8 and 9, they were under subjection to the nation of Assyria. But the light that God was bringing was far more significant than just delivering them from some world empire. Isaiah mentions Galilee. Galilee at the time of Isaiah was under the control of the Assyrian nation. Their army had come down that far. And so for the people of Isaiah's day, saying that that Galilee of the Gentiles, that that this will be a place that one day will be honored, for them, uh, in, in a political sense, that had very deep meaning. But we know that what Isaiah was saying goes much, much farther than just pushing back a foreign army. Much of Jesus' teaching ministry occurs there in the area of Galilee. And as we will see in, in the weeks to come as we look at this passage, we're going to see how Christ fulfills this prophecy at every point. Verse 1 lays the foundation. Verse 2 brings a song of thanksgiving. And we certainly have reason to give because in the darkness there has come a great light. It's amazing how bright light can be especially in darkness. The light of a single candle can be seen from 30 miles away according to one internet site. According to another internet site it can be seen from 1.6 miles away. So I don't know which one's right. But it can be seen from a long way away. If you're six feet tall, the horizon is, is roughly three miles away. If, when you're that tall and you're looking over a, a relatively flat area, that you can see three miles to the horizon. That means that if somebody's holding up a candle in the darkness, you can either see it halfway to the horizon or you can see it three times farther than the horizon, which means you couldn't see it all unless you were on a really tall ladder. Well, not only does a single candle provide amazing light, it's amazing how much heat just a single candle can provide. Back during the ice storm when all of us lost power, we were lighting, like a lot of people, our bathroom with a, with a candle. And it was amazing not only how much light that gave when you're used to walking around in the dark, but how much that heated up the room with just that, that single candle. I'm not sure that would work from a mile and a half away, but, but it worked really well there in the bathroom. In the Old Testament world, they were used to that. You know, when we had the, the power outage, that, that was a, an unusual event for us. It was very strange to not have light everywhere. That was a common occurrence in the Old Testament world. When night fell, the light was gone. And they would have the simple lamps, simple candles that they would use to, to light things. So they would be very cognizant of how important those single lights could be. They often would travel late at night trying to miss some of the heat of the day. And so a a campfire in the distance could provide a point of reference that you could continue to follow knowing that you were headed in the, the same direction. The darkness that they faced in Isaiah's day was politically distressing as well. But as bad as it was, as horrifying as it was to think that their nations were about to be crushed by this oncoming enemy, the spiritual darkness they were experiencing was far, far worse. Nevertheless, God had the answer. An answer not just for Israel and Judah. But an answer for all of us. Matthew clearly identifies Jesus as the one fulfilling this prophecy. As Jesus begins to uh, preach and teach in the area of Galilee, Matthew records a quotation from this passage in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light. Has dawned. Paul recognized the same truth as he described to the followers of Christ. For once you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Isaiah lived in a day when this prophecy was yet to come. We live in a time when the light is here. We were once in darkness, now we can live as children of light. Don't hide in the darkness anymore. Live as children of light. Again, we celebrate our fathers this morning. We give the Lord thanks for each and every one of you. There's a lot of way that we as fathers need to remember that that we need to shine the light of Christ for our families, for our neighborhoods, for our friends. It's sports season. There, there are lots of sports teams going on, lots of baseball and softball and soccer teams all over town. Here's a great way that you can shine your light in that. Maybe you're a, a coach of one of those teams. And, and, and if you uh, would, wouldn't feel uncomfortable doing so, just invite your team to come, come worship on Sunday. We'll be glad to recognize them, make them feel good, have them stand up, clap for them. But it's a great way to shine your light for Christ. Watch for those opportunities to reflect the light of Christ in everything that you do. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this prophecy has been fulfilled. That the light has come. We no longer have to stumble in the darkness. Because you sent your son. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray this morning you would help us to live in the light. We live in a dark, dark world that desperately needs to see the light of Jesus. Help us to do that, Heavenly Father. Help us to be the shining lights for Christ that you have placed us here to be. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.